0: Hey everyone, it's Mike Bonomo from Fight the Fate. I want to take this time to thank everyone for supporting the show. And if everyone could just take a couple minutes to rate and review us, it will go a long way in helping us get recognized. People will start to know our names and we can take over the world. And you will be a big part of it. Thanks guys. Enjoy the show. everyone this is mike bonama welcome to fight the fate brian davies is here
1: what's up kids
0: and sean clines is here uh before we
2: start i have something to tell you guys what uh i'd like to officially announce my candidacy as uh, being a democratic party uh candidate for president
0: <laughs> are you on the
2: ballot <laughs> no i'm just kidding but uh i looked up the f uh the federal elections commissions thing there's 266 people running on the Democratic Party. Are you a conservative?
0: I'm registered independent. Well, Churchill is. <laughs> That's conservative.
1: Yeah, That's, I don't want to be doxed on the internet.
0: Yeah, we are on part four of Winston Churchill. We just we have plenty more parts to go. No, Churchill was uh, politically non-binary.
1: He was poly. Yeah, he had many factions. He. He was in bed with, so to speak. Yeah, and
0: he fucking lost cause of it. <laughs> well, he
1: lost because of alcoholism. No,
0: dude. <laughs> Alright, we'll get to that's the end though. So we are going into another war. And remember Churchill just got right back into as the first Lord of Admiralty. And that's where he felt most comfortable. Awaiting the dawn. Of another great war (laughs) think of all the books I can write (laughs) after the United Kingdom and France declared war on Nazi Germany September 3rd 1939 there was an immediate action that led to a phony war it was (laughs) fake dude it didn't even exist
2: yeah that's what the uh, the other allies were calling it like you know Uncle Joe in Russia Mm. like, you guys aren't yeah. fucking doing anything.
3: Well,
0: Churchill called it the Twilight War.
1: <laughs>
2: so
0: you're talking
1: about the, the Jersey Shore outside of a bar fight? What are you going to do, bro? Yeah, yeah. Yo, no, You, you started. it. Uh, hold, hold me back. Well, I
0: mean, yeah, they tried to do it. Oi, mate. What the fuck are you doing? Like, you want to talk shit to me, mate? The French uh, tried. They tried, okay? They did their best. But so they, the France invaded Germany. But six weeks later, it was over. Germany turned their ass right around and conquered France, Belgium, Luxembourg, and the Netherlands. Niederlander.
2: Yeah, so right after uh, France got conquered, uh, England was afraid that uh, France's, like, navy would be used as, like, ships to ferry the Nazis over to England. So they actually did, like, a Pearl Harbor-type attack on the French fleet in Algeria the the English I oh, never knew yeah. that. and this was seen like by the rest of the world as like uh, Churchill was like I will do whatever the fuck I need to to keep going.
0: It's pretty g shit.
1: Yeah, he,
2: just, they killed like twelve hundred French people.
0: But imagine that like no you're getting loss. ready for war and then six weeks later you're fucked. Yeah, like, six weeks.
1: <laughs> six weeks later, your main ally, like right, your neighbor that's gonna help you in this war, is just fucking out.
0: They're yeah. out. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, like the like in two. less than
1: two months, your your neighbor that an ally is just gone.
0: <laughs> that would suck. Dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like the,
1: yo, Mike, we got this, Mike.
0: Where, <laughs> where the fuck's Mike? <laughs> oh sh. <shit. laughs> but no, Churchill like kept going to visit um, France and like just stay in with me, stay in with me.
2: Yeah, it was it was tough at that point with their relationship because after they bombed France's fleet, they were
0: like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And Churchill's like, "I'm looking out for myself." <laughs> But Churchill (laughs) did have a plan of his own. Churchill was going to prompt the Germans to attack Norway, setting mines up throughout the Norwegian waters. This would block Germany's iron ore shipments. With their backs against the wall, he would finish them off with the Royal Navy. Doesn't that sound like a good idea? Yeah. That's like a good plan.
1: He's just pulling Game of Thrones shit. Like, I'm going (laughs) to
0: sacrifice
1: you to get a little blow at them. Yeah, and kind of like the idea of fighting in Norway instead of fighting in England.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, like, uh, go over there. We'll fight you over there. Am
1: am I crazy that there was, like, a herring war between Norway and England? Yeah. Okay, that really happened?
2: Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they actually had, like, the UN stepped in. Like, now there's a convention of, like, where you can fish and where you can't in, like, all the world. Over fish. Yeah, fucking Norwegians.
0: But the problem with Churchill's plan, Chamberlain... And the rest of the war cabinet, uh, Neville Chamberlain, prime minister, did not agree on this tactic. And this thing was called Operation Wilfred, and it got delayed (laughs) until April 8th, 1940. The very next day when they were about to do it, the Germans invaded Norway and were successful. The royal family that was living there uh, had to they uh, fled to Great Britain.
1: I didn't even think of that either. Like, they're probably, like, intermarried and shit to the queen. Yeah. Like, so you're just sacrificing the queen's fucking cousins and yeah. shit. Queen Victoria ceded, like, all of the royalty yeah. in the world. But at this time,
2: the Germans had a really powerful air force, and the British didn't want to lose their ships and their planes in Norway. So they, they attacked the Germans there, but the Norwegian forces, like, fled all the way up to the north. Yeah. And it was, like, one city... That England controlled for a little bit, France with them, and then they gave up because they didn't want to lose all their valuable equipment, like they had at Dunkirk. So they were trying to like stop the Germans, but they weren't like putting their full force into it. Yeah. So France was like, "You're fighting, but you're not fighting with all of your like might."
0: Well, we're gonna get to someone that did fight the Germans until the last day.
1: Freddie (laughs) Oversteegen.
0: No. Oh, is he the guy who refused to do the? I'm talking about a a people, a country. No,
1: that's the little girl that shot the Nazis.
3: yeah.
0: (laughs) So the House of Commons and most of the nation completely lost their confidence in Chamberlain. Looking for his own replacement, he gathered a group of men consisting of Lord Halifax, David Marginson, and Churchill to see who was the toughest, the strongest, and who could get the hardest.
1: That's how we got Fight Club. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> like oh uh, what's the what's the uh the ideas on chamberlain i know we talked about him a little bit before he was just scared well just like the general strategy i just talked about like he wanted to stop germany but he didn't want to commit
2: all of his all of the nation's power against it like churchill was all in at fighting the nazis and church and uh chamberlain was kind of like well we should like slow them down
0: yeah we'll put some people here put some people there yeah we'll little- put up like a token
2: resistance <laughs>
0: Halifax could have had this job but turned down the position he didn't think they were going to be able to he was going to be able to influence all three major parties as prime minister so again scared scared (laughs) scared but Winston Churchill could do it King George VI finalized it and Winston was the new prime minister people were still in shock when they learned of his appointment He wouldn't have won if it was, like, by popularity vote. The House of Lords jaws dropped wide open when they found out Churchill got appointed. Yeah, in uh, parliamentary elections,
2: it's the party that gets the most votes. The person that, like, heads that party becomes the prime minister usually. And if you don't get 51% of the vote as as a party, you'll, like, make deals with other parties to, like, sign on to your thing. To yeah. let your guy become a charge. But you'll be like, alright, I'll help you with these one or two issues if you sign on.
0: But even with, like, people not, not comfortable with Churchill at the top, it doesn't mean he wasn't respected. Because Ralph Ingersoll, an American publisher, wrote a report. Everywhere I went in London, people admired Churchill's energy. His courage, his singleness of purpose. People said they didn't know what British would do without him. He was obviously respected, but no one felt he would be prime minister after the war. He was simply the right man in the right job at the right time, that time being the time of desperate war with Britain's enemies. Now, the war cabinet was debating, should we go to Mussolini and get him to try to uh, get a peace treaty going with Hitler? We could trust Mussolini, right?
2: Well, at this time, he he probably just declared war on France, and he actually took over, like, Nice. Yeah. Like, the Italians invaded uh, France, too. So they were signed on to the uh, anti-communist pact with Japan, Germany, and I think uh, a couple other nations joined in. So Italy was trying to, like, rebuild the Roman Empire. They wanted to, like, retake a lot of the Mediterranean and then retake of, like, huge chunks of Africa.
0: So they're like, we'll join this team. We can get some of our shit.
2: Yeah, they're like, Hitler's got a really good record of success right now. We're going to join the uh, the obvious uh, Fucking uh, strongest a side right of now. A of
0: vaginas <laughs> over there. <laughs> Churchill wasn't interested in losing or having to give in to some fucked up request, ending up with terms that were just a notch in the Germans' favor. That wasn't going to fly. So even when these, the war cabinet's thinking about doing this, Churchill's like, I'm not giving them anything. Yeah, so like,
2: they're not going to like it either way. Because every territory you let Germany take, that's more resources they have to attack Britain with. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. like, they can make more forward bases in France to bomb them more rapidly.
0: June 18th, 1940, Churchill gives his finest hour speech. It's
3: called the Battle of France. is over the Battle of Britain is about to begin. Upon this battle depends the survival of Christian civilization. Upon it depends our own British life and the long continuity of our institutions and our empire. The whole fury and might of the enemy must very soon be turned on us. Hitler knows that he will have to break us in this island or lose the war. If we can stand up to him, all Europe may be freed and the life of the world may move forward into broad, sunlit uplands. But if we fail, then the whole world, including the United States,
0: oh, you including bring all that this. we have known and cared for,
3: <laughs> will sink into the abyss of a new dark age made more sinister and perhaps more protracted by the lights of perverted science. Let us therefore brace ourselves to our duty and so bear ourselves that if the British Empire and its Commonwealth last for a thousand years, men will still say this was their finest hour.
2: It's like you were saying uh, wow. the other episodes, there's a lot of uh, commonality
0: between him and Hitler. The Thousand Year. Yeah, Thousand Year <laughs> Reich. Yeah. But, dude, he was such a good speaker. Like, his speeches are so, like, they're so good. Yeah, it's, like, forceful. He's got to. Just like, we're all going to die if, if you we don't do this.
1: <laughs> if you challenge us. Will I get our buddy America to
2: come yeah, join why the fight? Yeah, he going to
1: bring us into this? Because <laughs> he's drunk. Oh, yeah. Because drunk people. Do. Like, he was doing that the whole time. He was appealing to us like,
0: Like, come on, dude. We're not in this. We don't, don't want to go to war.
1: You don't you don't want me to call my friends. I have tough friends that'll <laughs> fuck you up. Pussy. No, but the, he
0: he knew the whole time. If he didn't get the United States in this war, it was over. There's actually laws in, in on the U.S.
2: books and fr- from, like, 1790, the neutrality laws, that, mm-hmm. like, Americans aren't allowed to be mercenaries in, in foreign conflicts. And it also says, like, we can't help either side of conflicts, which we've broken a million times. But FDR ignored those laws and actually started doing cash and carry with the e- England. Like, they would pay cash for, like, Jeeps, machine guns, rifles. Yeah. And then they would have to carry it on their ships. at this time we actually started helping england but it was like covert but fdr was breaking some laws.
0: hell
1: yeah (laughs) i mean when you have polio you can get away with a lot dude you just wheel past the cops yeah you get
0: that sympathy vote i think you're thinking of teddy roosevelt (laughs) i'm not oh shit no fdr couldn't walk (laughs) (laughs) no michael i'm not still having affairs but (laughs) so everyone's focus was on germany and everyone is welcome to the war even if you were a communist. Mm. That's another thing Churchill would say a lot. He's like, I don't care if we got communists. We need communists now. We need yeah. everyone to go against Hitler. The
1: German menace is too great.
0: <laughs> yeah, before this, all he would talk about is
2: how much you fucking hate the communists. But then, then he's like, once he needed them, he's like, oh, I, lo- I always liked you guys.
1: Like, I don't know he, where you got this impression I hated he you, you. He really <laughs> just wanted the schnapps. That's all he was <laughs> after. <laughs> right just
0: him... Uh, all the three uh Churchill Roosevelt and Stalin sitting together mm-hmm. is like one of the greatest pictures mm-hmm. ever like just yeah. them three sitting there like dude World War II was a whole nother ball game dude. It's the most somber photo well, it
2: had to be awkward like you couldn't have small talk with them because you'd have to wait for a well, train none of or...
0: them really had anything in common I yeah. just watched a documentary called like the uh the Warlords yeah and it's about them three yeah and it is. Like Church- Roosevelt hated Churchill for like years, ever since he met him, like ten years before that. Well, they they weren't radically different politically, but FDR was left, like and
2: you know Churchill center right, so yeah. they they had that going. Then against you got each Stalin
0: other. sitting there with his mustache, like <laughs> dude, <just laughs> looking. He was pissed the whole time. Yeah, dude, he's there, but he had to.
1: They're taking time away from his gulag overseeing. <laughs> Well, St- Stalin
2: wasn't well liked by Russians at certain points because he spoke with a Georgian accent. He he was from like the Georgian part of the he Russian Empire. He was from Empire. Georgia. Yeah, so he spoke Russian with Damn, an accent. Damn, the dirty south. Yeah, D- different Georgian. <laughs> Still south
0: though. <laughs> uh, well, let's get. Yeah, into. you are right. You are correct. <laughs> so let's get into Dunkirk. It was a small town off the coast of France, was under attack by German forces. Being one of the first major offenses of the war, the Allies knew this shit was going to go down. They knew the attack was coming, so they were expecting the attack, but that didn't help one bit. Several hundred thousand troops were pushed to the coast, and Churchill had to make a decision. And this decision was Operation Dynamo. And that's just get everyone the fuck out of there by sea. So the the Germans surrounded them, and then uh, Hitler pulled the tanks back at the last second.
2: So they could have crushed them, but they, like, held back for three days. Because Hitler
0: was showing (laughs) compassion.
2: (laughs) But uh, they started dropping leaflets on the British and French troops that were stuck in the, like, Dunkirk pocket. And have you ever seen the poster they dropped? No. No. It was a poster, and it showed, like, this is Dunkirk. You are here. And then it had, like, a red (laughs) thing around it. And it's like, we are here, and we're going to fucking crush you. So Yeah.
0: (laughs) So starting this evacuation, 7,500 troops on the first day. The next day, they got 10,000 troops out of there. The problem was that the waters were so shallow around Dunkirk, larger, larger ships couldn't get close enough. So they had to bring all these little crafts. Um... Churchill and the British command were gonna be happy to get forty-five thousand men out, but they ended up getting a hundred thousand men out. They put out a call to all like civilians and whoever that could come out with their shit with their little boats and get close to the land. Yeah, and everyone showed up. Like twelve hundred fishing and leisure vessels showed up. I like how the British say they they say uh, leisure. instead of a leisure?
2: That's just a little thing.
0: Okay. Wait, what?
2: They say, Leisure. Yeah, they say leisure instead of oh. leisure. Oh. They, they go on holiday. Because they're fucked
0: up. <laughs> Going on holiday. <laughs> Churchill gave his
1: warning. We must be very careful not to design uh, the deliverance of these attributes of a victory. Wars are not won by evacuations.
0: <laughs> no one wanted to believe that the Germans could actually step foot in Britain. But with France's collapse... It was Winston's main priority to keep them in the war, so he kept taking trips to meet with their government.
2: And during the Dunkirk evacuation, I don't know the exact number, but out of that 100,000, some of them were French, and it was like, you know, a big, it was a lot of them. It was probably like ten, thirteen thousand 13,000 of them.
1: So when they say the government, um, I'm lost a little bit. There there was a functional government during the German occupation?
2: So they had a, a parliamentary system, so they had a prime minister and I think a president president's like ceremonial but uh yeah they they had a free french government that did evacuate and mm. went to britain but they also had a vichy government which is the government that collaborated with germany
0: hmm. what could, would you have want france to do if you could tell them what to do back then well
2: churchill gave them two options like come here have a government here we'll we'll take some of your troops here and we'll like reinvade later up, on. like load up yeah them. which is what like happened and then uh Churchill and the British government extended an offer to France to join in a commonwealth of two nations, like mm-hmm. become a joint nation till the war was done. Yeah, why didn't they do that? Well, the French wanted to be independent.
0: Well, those dumb motherfuckers <laughs> can't be independent.
2: Because the, the Vichy forces actually did like, they controlled some of the colonies and they made deals with uh, Japan to let them put bases in Vietnam. Because yeah. France controlled
0: Vietnam at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at what point they're like, fuck, we got we to gotta combine. We just surrendered in
2: six weeks. (laughs) And the the Vichy government actually handed over the Jews in their territory to uh, Nazi Germany. So they're not well liked. And like all the people that signed on with that government
0: got ousted when France got retaken. Mm. What happens next doesn't even seem real until the first bomb drops. The German Luftwaffe made their way over Britain. Now every man, woman, and child was on the front lines of World War II. And it'd be these civilians who would have to defend it. Now, did you see Kung- Dunkirk yet, the movie? It looks like uh, like suburban houses. Yeah. And they're just bombing the beaches right next to it. It's insane.
1: So, so like, uh, World War I, we effectively lose the idea of, like, glorious war. Mm-hmm. And so, like, it becomes way more mechanical. So, like, here we have the idea of total war, which is, like, a fairly new concept. Yeah. Like within the, these two wars, where like we're not just attacking your forces, we're not just attacking your troops, we're attacking your ability to make war, which effectively means your civilian factories and your civilian yeah. workforce.
2: Yeah. World War I was called like the Industrial War because it was the first time war was done on an industrial scale. Mm-hmm. But World War II is when like civilians became a target, like you just said. Yeah. So they started like strategically bombing neighborhoods, mm-hmm. like Churchill did Dresden.
1: And, and then yeah. the Germans started bombing London as a response. And like for most of us, like we grew up like during nine eleven, and so like just imagine like not like the fear yeah. like you felt on the day that it happened and the confusion afterwards. But like literally happens every day. Like every day and there's like a bombing
0: everywhere. Like it's not just the World Trade Center. Like all of New York's getting bombed. Like houses, yeah. neighborhoods, homes. You can see it in the
2: Chronicles of Narnia. I know it's a weird source, but yeah. Um, no the kids get all evacuated to like the countryside and that was a big epidemic in like southeast uh, England. All, everybody would send their kids to like up north and like people would take in other people's kids like the people on like the Scottish border would house people's kids from London just like to keep them safe. Like the whole nation kind of banded together
1: to help each other out. Except for the Irish. Yeah. So the... <laughs> There's
2: a what going on? No, like, oh,
0: he's really bombing the fuck out of those Brits. <laughs> Maybe they'll sell his guns again. Now, the rest of Europe either surrendered or have been conquered, while the British remain undefeated in war. The battle for Britain was about to begin. Some had never seen so many German aircraft. One woman tells a story of how she was the one that had to tell Churchill that 250-plus planes had come into view on the radar. Then they would use them little boards, like the map boards, and, like, put a... A little post-it with like 250 here mm-hmm. like and put numbers out like that
2: and the the british at this time were like the only nation i think that had widespread radar use because they it wasn't an exact science at that point so they could kind of tell where a huge uh contingent of the Luftwaffe was but you, they couldn't tell where independent planes were so mm. like just
0: big formations yeah yeah and uh the country this is when they split um the country into four parts so there was 10 group which is the southwest the 11 group was london southeast 12 group midlands east coast and the 13 group northeast scotland and ireland and i think uh i think churchill was sitting in 11 or something where he was like had the war command and stuff yeah i don't know
2: exactly when but they they built him a bunker so he could like yeah, still I for- command the war and not like war. I forget be what group
0: wo- it was in it was either ten or eleven, I think. So Germans under Hermann Göring, leader of the Luftwaffe, <laughs> would often bolster their numbers for a more favorable report to Hitler. But all it did was make the Royal Air Force look weaker than it actually was. So they're trying to like bump their numbers up to give Hitler a good report and those there's more than they didn't kill that many that's a huge
2: problem with dictatorships because like if you're gonna be killed for giving someone bad news you're just gonna tell them the good stuff like yeah we took down 13 planes when in reality it was like three
0: there's still 900 left but yeah you don't know that (laughs) yeah daily german raids had people running for shelter body parts decorated the streets And children came out of hiding to look for pennies that have been left behind. After a small break between attacks, the British saw 400 enemy aircraft rolling above London. The British downed around 200 in a couple hours, and the Germans began the retreat. Spending his time in the war room, going over coast defenses, broadcasting reports to the nation, and smoking his cigar, Churchill was confident that the tides of war were changing in his favor.
2: And uh, Churchill this time took like a, a page out of uh, FDR's book because he used to do the fireside chats during like the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we're we're going make to th- make it through this. So Churchill started broadcasting like pretty often, like kind of a similar thing. Like, this is your prime minister. We're not fucked. Keep going.
0: <laughs> Turning his gaze towards Greece, Allied troops were moving to Crete to put up a fight against the Nazis. The problem was the Germans had full control over the air. As German paratroopers started to land, Cretan men, women, and children took up arms and that laid their lives on the line.
2: At this time, like, Britain actually controlled a lot of the islands in the Mediterranean, like, especially the eastern Mediterranean. Like, they controlled uh, Cyprus at this time, and that was like a big naval base for them. So the, uh, the Italians actually had a really good navy. Their army sucked, their air force sucked, but they had a good navy. And they actually like almost took complete control of the Mediterranean from the British. So the British were really frightened. They were about to lose like all their naval bases in the eastern Mediterranean.
0: Well, this, the next, this next thing that Hitler told his troops if they didn't capture an airfield, and one day he would call off the battle, errors in strategy led to the taking of the Malim airfield. German reinforcements poured in. And the battle was ultimately lost. Remember when they first went into, was it the Lowlands? The Netherlands? Yeah. Or something? What well, the, the first spot Germany went into on our last episode. Mm-hmm. and
2: Oh, the, the Rhineland? Yeah, the Rhineland.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, if you guys get any trouble, if somebody tells you no, you can't do this, just <laughs> turn around. Get out of there. But nobody said anything. They were allowed to occupy. Mm-hmm nobody did shit yeah <laughs> and that fucked everything <laughs> up. and now it's the same thing i don't know how much of this is true where hitler's like yeah guys if you run into some trouble just uh turn around just come back i don't know well the the problem with the nazis was they recorded like everything they did so there
2: actually is like pretty good evidence of a lot of things that happened i mean they put serial numbers they on wanted, all the holocaust they, victims they, yeah like, they
0: wanted their own history yeah their, <laughs>
2: their own records like done them in near the end
0: yeah Now, Churchill's choice to send British troops to help Greece was another blemish on his record. This was Gallipoli all over again. And while the British were evacuated, the Cretans fought until the day they were free, which was four years long. They never stopped, never surrendered.
2: (laughs) The British and the Americans like later on would drop equipment for resistance groups, like in Greece, France, uh, Czechoslovakia, stuff like that. Uh, In Eastern Europe, they call them partisans. But uh, the resistance groups would get these supplies, and initially they would fight the Germans, but then they started fighting each other because of, like, partisan lines. Like, especially in France, like, the French resistance was fighting each other more than they were fighting the Germans near near the end of the war. Just from lack of communication. What are they doing? Well, as they saw, the Germans were, like, getting beaten. They wanted their party to take over. Like, the French communists wanted to take over, and then, like, the more right-wing maybe fascist leaning french that didn't like the germans like nationalists were like no we want to take over at the end Mm -hmm. so they saw like the writing on the wall like germany's going to be kicked out we want to have our people in charge yeah
0: yeah there was two uprisings in the middle east the leaders of these groups were trying to appeal to hitler but luckily the germans were too busy at that point if the germans supported these uprisings and the nazis would have had almost unlimited supply of petroleum in the middle east mm. then it would have been way worse but they were off they were just doing other shit at that point
2: yeah uh, iran was a neutral nation at this time but they like had inklings they might join the axis so the soviet union invaded them and took over the north and britain took over the south and that's how like bp got started mm-hmm. and how they were entrenched like when the shaw they put the Shah in the british that's how they got started like that's how they had a foothold from like this event and then um, Germany needed oil really badly and before they invaded the Soviet Union they actually got all of their oil from like the Caucasus region of Soviet Union so Britain had a backup plan that if they couldn't cut off Germany's oil supplies and Soviet Union kept not fighting them and kept giving them oil they were gonna bomb Baku which is like the main oil field from uh jordan i think this is
0: what you were talking about earlier march 1941 the lend lease act provided military aid to any country the president of the united states thought needed better defense which would in turn defend america and churchill always said give us the tools and we'll
1: finish the job
0: (laughs) so that yeah this is when they start giving them stuff because i i mean i think he wanted to stay out like yeah he really didn't want to do this but he knew everyone knew like these powers were way too great like they're coming to you eventually
2: yeah because if you look at the statistics the soviet union lost more people than anybody to the nazis they lost like 15 25 million probably yeah
0: and the front that just sat there the whole time
2: yeah because the british were tepid like trying to fight them and even the english or the americans when they finally came in and the uh if you look at the statistics i saw like a census data from the soviet union if you were born in uh 1929 you were a man your mortality rate was like 71 percent. only like 30 percent of them survived the war yeah and even today russia has a huge imbalance of male to female and their population hasn't recovered since then
1: holy shit that's how fucked up they What, are. In, in favor of women? Like, there's more women in Russia? Yeah. Why is that just cold places in general? Because that's the same thing in Alaska, right? Like, there's, like...
2: Yeah. Well, like... biologically, women are more As valuable than men. your dicks
0: fall off. Your dicks freeze <laughs> off. Yeah.
2: Also, Russia has a huge alcohol problem. No, they so does Alaska. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: soon enough, Britain wouldn't even have to ask for the United States help. It was 8 a.m. on a small island to the west of Honolulu. Hundreds of Japanese fighter planes descended on Pearl Harbor. Unleashing their payloads, they destroyed 20 American naval vessels, 8 battleships, 300 airplanes, 2,500 Americans were dead. The next day, Franklin D. Roosevelt asked Congress to declare war on Japan.
1: Fun bit of homework for the listeners? Look up the Gulf of Tonkin. L- yeah. Look that up. <laughs> and then look up all the warning signs pre-Pearl Harbor.
0: Tell us. Yes. Like, what, what are you going to keep the shit secret?
1: Um, No, I'm just... Uh, it's been a while since I looked it up. But, like, What's set, the main, set,
0: like, just... The... Like, they
1: definitely were spotted, like, yeah, well, spotted... At, well in advance. There was definitely communications intercepted days in
0: advance.
2: Yeah, the um, uh, uh, a seaplane spotted a Japanese midget sub, like not far away from uh they're like ah, Hawaii. he's
0: just fishing he's and just...
2: the japanese didn't just attack pearl harbor they attacked the philippines they attacked uh, our bases at midway uh, wake island they mm-hmm. hit everything yeah, the almost and what,
1: was there not a moving a moving of uh like a lot of ships pre-pearl harbor
2: yeah so we broke the uh japanese code and we knew exactly what they were all saying to each other on a radio and the japanese knew we broke their code so they went radio silent Mm-hmm. so their entire navy went silent for days like not even like messages like hey could you pick up our trash and yeah because yeah. ships do that they like supply each other and stuff so like the americans were like they're they got to be playing in something like, like something's about there's that.
1: no way they'd be silent and then yeah coincidentally Unless they were like, doing something. like what uh well i want to say three days before Pearl harbor yeah like a massive amount of like not even like most of the fleet moved out i want to say like most of the fleet moved out
2: Yeah, and I think there was something hinky with the Japanese ambassador. Like he sent the declaration. Well, he. I I I'm not gonna go into the Declaration of
1: War too early. I think I remember that too as well.
2: Yeah, I forget the details, but yeah, I think somehow the
0: Japanese uh, ambassador gave it away. Yeah, but I mean, we're gonna go through a lot of stuff in here that like. Well,
1: Yoshimitsu, I think your sushi is kind of stupid. In three days, you won't think it's stupid. (laughs) Three days.
2: Uh, there's actually a book called The Pacific War, and there was an author that, in the 1920s, predicted, like, everything that happened in the Pacific theater, like...
0: Nostradamus?
2: Kind of. He's, like, the Nostradamus of the Pacific campaign. And he didn't, like, say, like, oh, we're going to be attacked at Pearl Harbor, but he said, like, they're going to sneak attack us. Mm-hmm. Like, he had, like, the broad strokes of it all lined out. Yeah.
0: Well, the thing with writing this uh, script, like, everything we go through could have its own episode. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't, like, just skip through Churchill's life. To, like, we need to know what's going on. And that led to these things. The, and, and- the
2: British are concerned at this point because they have the Burma Road open from uh, Burma to uh, supplying the national Chinese that are fighting the Japanese. And the Japanese told them, if you don't close the Burma Road, we're going to attack you in Singapore in mm-hmm. Malay. And Churchill actually like, said that he would close the Burma Road. And then like Pearl Harbor happened, he's like, I don't know if I can still trust the Japanese to keep the word anyway. Fuck
0: that. Cause Churchill hopped on a plane right away <laughs> after the after Roosevelt declared war. He headed straight for Washington DC and this changed everything. He and Roosevelt pulled both countries' economic resources together and they had combined boards and chiefs of staff.
2: And that's what they were always trying to do with the French, but the French always wanted a
1: separate command for
2: themselves. Why?
0: Why? What are they going to do? The British didn't give them enough cheese. They're like <laughs> sweeten the deal. Yeah, but the Americans were the ones with the cheese.
1: Yeah. And they wanted to do They didn't know about Wisconsin back then. The French were kind of like ignorant to America.
0: They poo-pooed it.
1: Like you have a whole state of cheese? <laughs> but why? Do they have baguettes and wine? Yes.
0: And they they both decided that uh, defeating germany should take priority over the defeat of japan so they went to working on a second front
2: and uh actually even today like some australians think that uh churchill would have let australia be invaded by a japanese because he asked fdr like we should pull 90 percent of our resources taking out germany first because they're going to be the tougher opponent and they knew that japan was overextended Like, they were taking over so much territory, they they couldn't occupy and manage. Yeah. And so they were like, we'll just uh, retreat but put up resistance to the Japanese. Like, let them take as much territory as they want. We'll do scorched earth. And they'll be expending all these resources to take all this territory we're letting them have.
1: Just
0: to let them go. Yeah, I want to look at the numbers
1: at one point. Because, like, I know Germany kind of got the boost of, like, all the german german people living in a lot of the territories they conquered So yeah. they like would acquire troops whereas japanese were just like you are a dog and you will die and like they just burned out all their troops while taking the same amount of territory yeah not to
2: not to get too deep into it but um uh japan tried to say that they were an anti-colonial power mm-hmm. like they were taking out the europeans so these asian countries could manage themselves but
1: really they were doing they were taking over too and did that kind of work for them, like uh, increase, like propaganda-wise? Yeah. Th- did they allow non-Japanese people into their ranks?
2: Yes, they. They Thailand was allowed to remain completely neutral, and they actually joined the Japanese war effort. Okay. They're the only nation that did that. But like, uh, Japan made puppet states in China and like other places, Manchuko, and uh, they would let local people rule, but they would have Japanese would have like veto power over them. Okay. And they actually made a, it was called the. Uh, East Asia Co-Prosperity Union. So they made, like, a kind of European Union type thing. Mm. And, and they were going to
1: have, like, integrated trade and stuff. And the whole idea was to, like, get European influence out and, like, increase Asian dominance on the world world scale. Yeah. I'm vaguely aware of this. Yeah, it, it didn't quite work out. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
0: Stalin was already dealing with the German invasion for more than a year. And he was pissed off that resources were going to go to starting another shitstorm somewhere other than Western Europe. So he wanted this second front to be in Western Europe. Yeah. But they're like, it's not time, dude.
2: So basically every Gotta time wait. Stalin saw Churchill and FDR, he's like, where's that second front? Yeah,
0: where's my front? Where my front at? Got my front?
2: Yeah, you're attacking North Africa. What about France?
0: Yeah, and <laughs> Churchill told Stalin... We reaffirm our resolve to
1: aid our Russian allies by every practical means,
0: and dumping troops into Western Europe.
1: Where's was my fucking not
0: scotch? Practical, scotch boy. No, you're on. <laughs> you're going to treatment. <laughs> We're you're getting a sleep to machine, you sleep so. the You need the front and back
1: of my insurance
0: card. <laughs> Stalin never fully trusted Churchill and Roosevelt. He thought they would sign a peace treaty with Hitler and leave the Red Army to fend for itself. And the Red Army would, without a doubt, die if another front wasn't created soon. Not far-fetched.
1: Because yeah. they,
0: they were, like you said, they put everything they had into this front. Yeah. And it's just not, it's not even moving, really. Like, it's just, people are just dying.
1: He really is, like, one, just, like, choosing to pick a group to hate. Yeah. Like, one, one move like that away from Hitler.
0: There's a, uh... He's just a
1: fucking snake.
2: There's an Austrian guy that goes, like, really into depth with uh, history, but it's, like, statistics. And he looked up the uh, Eastern Front by, like, casualties. And within the first year of the invasion, Russia had lost, like, 4 to 5 million soldiers, not even including civilian casualties. Mm -hmm. And the Germans had only lost, like, 400,000. So, like, the Germans were killing, like, 10 Russians for each guy they lost.
0: It was insane. um, What about... uh... Like, the troops going through North Africa. Is this the right, like, timeline for that? Yeah. Because I kind of got, like, mixed up, like, where, when this stuff what, was happening.
1: What, what is he, the fox? Yeah, Desert Fox. Desert Fox. Which Patton, is, That's a badass name. General yeah. Patton. Ever, no, 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 the, that was the German. The, no,
0: you ever see the movie Patton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Where he's night. rolling through North Africa, <laughs> just like going on.
1: Just basically sailing on a fucking back of a tank.
2: And right. they, yeah. some
0: they say, they say that Patton could have went right to Berlin by himself.
2: Yeah, hit the. Like, well, he had, like, the drive to keep going. Like, one of his soldiers, like, wanted to quit and, like, was actually suffering from PTSD. And he slapped him and said, like, get back on the tank. Let's fucking go. That's I don't kind of, even know if I can handle that. That's kind of, the, like, one
1: of the great ironies of World War II is, like, after, like, years of, like, amazing, like, French mm-hmm. generals, like, you had fucking De Gaulle yeah. in World War I. Like, Fran- France basically just drops the ball and everyone else just has these major <laughs> fucking generals. Yeah. Like, the Desert Fox fucking... Uh oh, Montgomery
0: uh, on the British side.
1: Yeah, Montgomery on the British side. Like, all, all these great generals in France is just left with, like, dog shit.
0: <laughs> well, <laughs> Churchill and Roosevelt met in Casablanca to talk about a new operation. I
1: saw that movie. It was great.
0: Best movie ever made. That's, <laughs> That's why. It's in, in every time, fucking time, ranker best list. Best movie ever made, I swear to God. Mar- <laughs> did you know Marilyn <laughs> Monroe that. is the hottest woman
1: ever to live? <laughs> fucking clowns. That, mo- that mole, yeah.
0: This operation (laughs) was Operation Overlord, Normandy, France, June 6, 1944. (laughs) The greatest amphibious invasion ever started off with 132,000 troops hitting the beach by midnight. Overall, 39 divisions that consisted of 2 million men gave their lives for the freedom of the world.
2: Oh, uh, Scotty from uh, uh, Star Trek, the original one. He was in the uh, Operation Overlord. He was with uh, the Canadian troops with the with the English. That's crazy. He lost like two of his fingers during it.
0: You can kind of see it in some of the scenes in Star Trek. Yeah. Sward, Juno, Gold, Omaha, and Utah were the beaches to the liberation of Western Europe from Nazi control.
1: Can you please leave in you saying sword?
0: Sword. <laughs> <laughs>
1: He's
2: putting stank sword. on it. Sword. <laughs>
0: um, now, we could do like a whole episode on this. Just to, like Normandy. Yeah. But Cause
1: you could do 20 minutes on each individual operation.
0: That's what I mean. There's so much shit that went down. In this oh, and there's tons span. of shit
2: people forget. There was actually an amphibious landing in, in southern France, too. Like a few weeks later, mm. and nobody remembers it.
1: And then the, yeah, the the decoy, the decoy army meant to divert. Yeah, and it, uh, or the decoy invasion. There yeah. was Operation
2: Mincemeat, and it was like a fake invasion yeah, of yeah. Italy, and they they actually like. They faked a British guy getting washed up on the shore yeah, with orders, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the Brit
0: and the Germans totally believed it. It's like it. a message in a bottle. Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. Now the the English were really good at military intelligence. They they actually made like fake armies in, in, in North Africa. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They
1: had oh, so to go along with the fake invasion, they did the blow up tanks
0: and yep. all
2: this shit. Like
1: they hired a magician.
0: <laughs> Fucking <Bruce>. great. <laughs> the uh, the Germans also, they, the Germans were so dumb, dude, that they. Actually, thought Normandy was a small landing that would distract them from the real landing that was going to happen later in the year. This
1: is like that one girl that's had a bunch of shitty boyfriends, and now (laughs) she's just waiting for like a distraction. Like they've distracted us so much, and they're just no. This was the actual one.
2: This is
0: this is just the little one, guys. Actually, the Germans weren't crazy
2: to think it was a fake invasion because Churchill ordered like a really small invasion into northern France. Like they landed and then left. I forget it, it was like forty two, or it was like a couple of years beforehand. Churchill, Churchill was keeping them on their Churchill toes. Churchill is the OG gaslighter. <laughs> yeah. He just does little
1: shit to make you fucking crazy. Are, are we gonna invade? I
2: don't. I don't know. Are we? I don't know. Are we? Well,
0: if you guys <laughs> want to learn more about D-Day, go watch Saving Private Ryan, dude. Or do yourselves a or favor. Or ask us to do an episode. You we'll know. eventually do no, that. No,
1: which one's? Uh, I forget which one's the most historically accurate. I think it's
0: Glory. No, I've heard that like saving prophet ryan actually does it's, it's like it's got a like the atmosphere accurate... and the tactics yeah. down like, like when they put insane. that tube with
2: explosives to yeah. the minefield we still do that today i mean yeah.
0: spielberg does so many so sh- much shit that's completely no, no. accurate speaking
2: of historical accuracy there's a scene where there's a uh, two czech guys that put their hands up and say i'm like surrendering but in check mm-hmm. and the one u.s soldier like jokes he shoots him and then he jokes the other guy he's like why did they have their hands up and he was like Mama, my hands are clean for supper. (laughs) But, like, that actually happened. Like, there was guys that were forced to fight on that front that were, like, Russian, Czech. They were from occupied territories. Mm. So they weren't German at all. They were actually, like, they had guns to their back to keep fighting.
0: I can't even believe that, like, Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan were the same at the same time. Like, it's just so different. Like, the shit that was going on on the beaches, or in the concentration camps. But I think Spielberg, those are some of the most accurate depictions. Mm-hmm. Especially Schindler. No, that's
1: not... What I, meant. I didn't mean to say it wasn't inaccurate, but I think... Yeah, all, no, on I'm the, sure on the they r- did some all, shit. Like, they, there's some weird ranking system, I'm sure, somewhere yeah. <laughs> where, like, Glory is rated as the most historically accurate war movie.
2: Um... I I saw people were saying Dunkirk was really good because it has, like, a distorted
1: timeline. Oh, yeah, this was pre-Dunkirk, so, so like, Dunkirk wasn't even, like, a thing. Dunkirk
0: looks pretty accurate. When I saw it, it was so good.
1: Yeah, and doesn't it
0: feature Churchill a
2: lot? I, I haven't seen the movie yet. I don't think... I'm
1: pretty sure he was in the bar, like all the scenes were in the bar. (laughs) Yeah, he's just drinking. (laughs) He's like, I need these fucking Cuban cigars. Where are they?
2: Yeah. It's mostly just on the beach. I heard The Darkest Hour wasn't very historically accurate, though. Probably I haven't seen it, but I watched YouTube people talking about it. I think I skipped that. Because they condense like a whole week... Or they condensed stuff into a week that was, like, months. Yeah, And it's not, like, a good timeline.
1: No.
0: Now, some say, like, the delay for Overlord was Roosevelt trying to get as many men as he could over the channel at once. And since the U.S. was the only ones capable of a cross-channel attack, Churchill sat waiting for a signal. So, like, they, that's why they could have maybe shipped 60,000 mm-hmm. at a time. But getting it up to having that many people in one trip was yeah. what they were waiting for.
1: Well, it's, it's always fucking stupid to try and rush a guy in a wheelchair. You know what
0: I mean? <laughs> Once they like got the beachhead, Churchill decided it was time to take a trip to the beach, slap some sunscreen on his nose, <laughs> made his way to Normandy Bridgehead, and sent a message direct to Stalin.
1: The enemy is burning and bleeding on every front
0: at once. <laughs> <laughs> that was his jowls. So this is where we're going to get into the December events. We'll let Sean tell you a little bit about the prelude to the Greek Civil War.
2: This all got started because uh, Churchill and Stalin, they were planning for like the end of the war. And Stalin, or, uh, Churchill like wrote on a piece of paper, how much uh, percentage, like, the Russians would control certain countries and how much the British would control. And then he just slid it over to Stalin, and Stalin checked it, like, yeah, okay, I sign off on this, this, and this. And the countries were uh, Bulgaria, Greece, Hungary, Romania, and Yugoslavia. And the only country Britain really cared about was Greece, because they said they wanted to control 90% of it, which is basically 100, just round up. Yeah, I (laughs) know. And the big reason the UK wanted to run Greece was it's on the Eastern Mediterranean. Yeah, Eastern.
0: <laughs> I'm going to have to check my
2: world map for it's, that. And it's near Cyprus, which is their big military base, and they, it's near the Suez Canal, so it's very important to Britain that they control Greece. And during the German occupation, the Greece royalists, who like were for the king, were tepidly on the side of the Germans. They were kind of just trying to survive. Yeah. And uh, so this was kind of how the resistance split. The national police, the army, and the people who liked the king were kind of on the center right side, but there was another organization called uh, Organi- Organization X, which sounds like a Bond villain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Organization X was uh, actually a like pr- kind of fascist, far-right group of Greek nationalists. So they were for Greek nationalism. They didn't really like the Germans, but the Germans didn't really fuck with them because they were killing communists. Mm-hmm. So even when the Germans were there, they let Organization X, like, do whatever the hell they wanted. And there's, like, some evidence they may have armed them. But, like, so the center-right groups joined with the British. And after the Germans were kicked out, they started fighting the communists, which was the E-L-A-S. But it's a German or it's a Greek acronym, so I'm not yeah, even going to try and pronounce it. There <laughs> was
0: something where, like, uh, 28 people died and Churchill was uh, backing them, yeah. the communists. Yeah. So uh,
2: the the last thing Churchill wanted was a Greek uh, communist regime in Greece. So they he backed the uh, any group that was against the communists, even if they were like kind of with the Germans or not.
1: Could you imagine if today, like, you went to a diner and you had to share the the price of everyone <laughs> else's meal, like, disperse that amongst yourselves? Yeah.
0: Now. <laughs> no. Everyone was telling each other the allies have to flood as far east as possible. They wanted to fill in the spots that the Nazis have been pushed out of just to get settled in areas before the Russians could. And It, uh, it was almost like they knew they were going to have another war. Some of the
2: countries that were in the percentage agreement, they freed themselves from the Germans. Like Yugoslavia, their, their own military and partisans drove out the Germans. They didn't need any Russian help. Like, they took uh, over—the Russians took over Poland, Czechoslovakia, and, like, the Baltic states because they needed help getting the Germans out. But a lot of the southern states that, like, Churchill and Stalin were talking about, these nations freed themselves. They should have been, like, on their own. But when
0: they got there, when the Russians actually helped them, did they plan on keeping everything they took?
2: Oh, yeah, the Russians wanted to take as much as they could. Because
0: like.
2: <laughs> they wanted a buffer for, for another invasion. Like, they kept getting invaded by Germany. So they, so were, like, they
0: want, like, a little, you take that, like, fight us in here. Yeah, fight us
2: in <laughs> Poland, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Don't come to uh, Kursk again.
0: Al, <laughs> the elections were happening back in England. Churchill had to return, even though he tried to urge everyone to put everything off until they had a chance to defeat Japan. Now, the crowds cheered for the war leader Churchill, not the conservative Churchill, and these new elections saw his party reduced to 213 parliament seats out of the available 640. And that's
2: kind of like the function of their government, because if it was in, like, a straight democracy like ours, he, he may have gotten re-election just on his own, like, uh, accomplishments. But, like, since his party wasn't well-liked, he was going to be taken out of power.
0: Mm-hmm. Now roaring on in the Pacific, Japan's entire Navy and Air Force had been destroyed. People around the world knew they were gonna surrender. General MacArthur took Okinawa during Operation Olympic and the United States just tested a top secret atomic bomb in the New Mexico desert. 10 days later, the Potsdam Declaration Demanded the unconditional surrender of all Japanese armed forces. The warning described how a refusal would bring about the complete destruction of Japan. Japan's Prime Minister, Kantaro Suzuki, responded by telling the press We
1: are not paying attention to you, dumb motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs>
0: And this is like <laughs> when we talk about like who could have done something different. Yeah. This is insane. I didn't even uh, I didn't even really know the details of what Japan did even like they were already behind.
2: They had a they had a crazy government during this time like the the emperor had some ceremonial power and he had like a lot of power with the people like he could sway opinion. But what does that matter if you're in a military dictatorship?
1: Yeah so like kind of what had happened was they got caught up in industrialization and west Western, uh, westernization and so a lot of them pre pre the war had a problem with that and so it's weird, it's almost like a mix of like a, a military dictatorship but mm-hmm. with like an emphasis on returning to old values, Yeah, S- sort of like a, made a make America great again <laughs> I don't, don't want to draw comparisons make but. Bushido great again uh, Yeah. so like <laughs> while the military pretty much held complete control, they emphasized the emperor and returning to old ways, and, a- it, and like the old ways being like the emperor is a god, literally
2: and it, it's kind of funny but the uh, it wasn't like a, just a strict uh, military dictatorship of like the military was a united front. The army and the Japanese uh, navy hated each other, mm-hmm. and they both had separate plans for how they wanted to like administer <laughs> the empire. Yeah, they actually like fought each other for resources and stuff. They didn't. They <laughs> mm-hmm. almost it, if it had gone longer, they may have gone in, like a civil war, like the mm-hmm. air the mm-hmm. air force and the navy versus the army.
1: Yeah, it's, it's it's a very it's it's weird. It's like an oddly feudal system they had going on. Yeah.
0: Well, um, we. Uh... We suffered a loss, dude. (laughs) Franklin D. Roosevelt died April 12, 1945 from an intracerebral hemorrhage, which left Harry S. Truman to take over and give the order for the most devastating weapon that ever existed. And
2: this actually gave, like, Hitler pause, and he thought, like, we might actually win this because FDR died, and then uh, Churchill got was about to get voted out and he was like we might like win cuz like if England and uh America drop out we can just fight the Russians ourselves mm-hmm. yeah and they would have destroyed them probably yeah
0: <laughs> august 6th the US B29 bomber the Enola Gay dropped an atomic bomb on Hiroshima killing an estimated 80,000 people and wounding a countless more. I
2: don't like how you put that emphasis on gay. I'm proper, okay?
0: (laughs) Still, these fucking hard-headed Japanese resisted to the idea of dishonor that came with the unconditional surrender. BOOM! They dropped the second bomb on Nagasaki while the Soviets were overwhelming Manchuria. Now, I know bombs are a bad thing. they're not good, but what do you think about the decision to actually have to drop these bombs? Yes, yeah, so I actually wrote a paper about the decision, and uh I went on the side
2: that they should have dropped them, but you know I was in I was in nuclear school and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. so <laughs> I have a distorted view maybe well, of, I mean, other
0: usefulness Think about it. They just spent everything fighting uh Germany. Oh, yeah, now the... we got Japan and how many people they have. Yeah, it's like we need to throw the punch. They
2: because they estimated that if Britain and the United States and Russia invaded the home islands, uh, they would have collectively lost a million men. But the Japanese would have lost four million soldiers and civilians in the ensuing invasion, like subduing. So all you the think
0: islands. It, we saved lives with yeah. dropping
2: the bomb Hiroshima and Nagasaki were about, uh, I think, one hundred fifty thousand. They
0: were all civilians, though.
2: There were, well, there was a military base in Nagasaki, well, yeah, but, I mean, but yeah, I, I know you're saying the
0: fallout is insane.
2: Yeah, so, and all the, they don't even count the cancer deaths, really.
0: Yeah, and it's still going like it's still in like families' heritage now. Yeah. Now Emperor Hirohito decided <laughs> this was probably a good time for peace now because we just got two bombs dropped on our heads, and he was telling his subjects,
1: "We have resolved to pay the way for a grand peace." for all the generations to come by
0: and adore it. What the fuck? <laughs> no, if you, you, would, if you, you ever you seen a, a picture anime.
2: of the emperor, he looks like he would sound like that. Yeah, yeah um.
0: do that, but like more Asian.
1: That's
2: <laughs> <laughs> As hard. Hello. Hello. How far do we want this to go?
1: <laughs> <going> uh, <laughs> get limber. <laughs> Shake it out. We have resolved to pay the way for a grand piece Uh, Generations to come by enduring the unendurable and suffering what is unsufferable.
0: Wow, that fucking guy just annoys me. (laughs) World War II was over, and for Winston not to win the election of 1945 completely blows my mind.
1: Uh, Can I derail one last time before we end this? (laughs) So this, this is always, I've always thought about this. How are people living in Hiroshima and Nagasaki like today? Like how are the how is there like whole cities like there? Mm. Oh, I don't know the
2: half life, but probably a lot of the radiation is probably dissipated by now. There's gotta really? be some yeah. though. There's
0: gotta I thought be I thought trees.
1: like it stayed f- like for a while. It no, does. It's, I mean, then why it, why is Chernobyl still? Fucked but
0: Chernobyl up? was the core. Chernobyl was Chernobyl way worse. was the worst. Way, way worse. Yeah. yeah. Cause okay.
2: The core yeah. blew up. This these were just bombs. Apparently, you can see like the they cemented that entire thing. They just put it like a sarcophagus around it. Yeah. And Which actually, are
1: Chernobyl or Nagasaki, Hiroshima?
2: Oh, no, no, no. Uh, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Okay, okay. And you can kind of see it from space. But yeah. like uh, nuclear weapons today are like thousands of times stronger, stronger than yeah. those. So I, I've done some research on like the nuclear weapons that were used there. They mm-hmm. were very simple designs. They're called uh, gunsling nukes. And basically there's the, the reactor i mean mm-hmm. the reactive material and the catalyst mm-hmm. and the catalyst is just slammed into the reactive material okay it's very inefficient like it was about one percent of the potential yield they could have had okay but they it was just such a um it's such a uh, barbaric way to do it if, rudimentary to yeah, set like off the explosion
0: Chernobyl's still going like under where they dumped the, all the concrete on it like yeah. that thing is burning yeah like that that was the i don't think we'll ever have ukraine
2: a if ukraine had to spend all the money itself to maintain the sarcophagus they would bankrupt the entire country <laughs> like the international community helps them out to pay for it and yeah.
0: that show scares the shit out of me did you see that yet Tri- yeah, yeah i think they oh over exaggerate the
2: dangers of radiation but yeah. but it's so
0: creepy dude like yeah. just thinking that it's radiation floating all just, right sorry the, yeah the cause... big problem is all like right. the
2: wind carries radioactive material so like uh, the mushroom cloud in Hiroshima and Nagasaki, it turns all those buildings they knock down into dust. Uh-huh. But that dust is radioactive. Okay. That's why I didn't put so a just, number on you're the just, wounded. you just breathing in.
0: Like, it, you can't count the wounded. You're just it's...
1: breathing in cancer dust.
0: Yeah, and the
2: survivors yeah. were breathing in dust that was going to You, get you can't even
1: call about mesothelioma <laughs> and you were <laughs> nah. a loved one. So yeah.
0: Clement Adle and the Labor Party took over as Prime Minister, Winston is out. Yeah, fuck that guy. And maybe a man that was born for war wouldn't do so well in peace. Or maybe people were so sick of Baldwin and Chamberlain that they weren't ready to give the Conservative Party another chance. Never walking away from the public eye, Winston remained the figurehead for his party. He would spout ideas like Maybe we should make
1: the United States of Europe, or we could just try a Council of Europe. Where's my f- Where's that Scotch boy? <laughs> <laughs> Ideas
0: is only a genius warlord can think up. And that's it for part four of Winston Churchill. We're gurn- we we're gonna end his life. Literally, we're gonna end <laughs> his life next week. <laughs> and I I was gonna like. Put it in like, all right, I can just get this done. But he's there's still so much after, and we're gonna get into like people. W-
1: people don't live like this anymore,
0: dude. This he did so yeah. much. I didn't think this was gonna be a five parter, but um, he didn't
1: have Facebook to waste away his days in video games. He was just nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> his his stickball was. But we'll get war.
0: into like where what the uh, world was doing after the war and yeah, some stuff like that. But uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Please rate, review us on all our shit. And we got Sean Kleins and Brian Davies. Night, night. I'm Mike Bonomo. This is Fight the Fate. Thanks, everyone.